Jock Harvey from Chalk Hill Wines in McLaren Vale. Good morning to you, Jock. Hey, good morning, Simon. How are you today? Going well, mate. Thank you. Um, it's a be- beautiful sunny day down here in McLaren Vale, and you'll have to excuse the noise in the background. I've got my two daughters in the tractor, and uh, they, want, <laughs> they wanted to go for a ride. And uh, yep, unfortunately, they've had a bit of a fight over who gets the dicky seat and who gets the steer. So um, right. yeah, just bear, bear with me a little bit. So, so are you just hanging on the side of the... Tr- <laughs> you hang out, out the door, are you? If one of them's driving, one's sitting in the, uh, in the jockey seat. No, well, I'm not sure what it is with these two girls. They just want to go <laughs> as fast as possible all the time. And, uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> I'm still maintaining some control. Um, and are you actually doing a job such as, you know, spraying or something, or are you just kind of just, just well, uh, driving? Well, actually, I, I'm up in one of the vineyards that's... Um, next to the National Park, and, uh, you know, I'm just putting in a little bit of a fire break with a disc because oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it, could, it could be a hot year this year, and, um, you, you know, you can't stop a bushfire, but you can slow it down a little bit. So, mm. um, yeah. Well, anyway. yeah, they, they, everyone is predicting that, certainly down in the southern states, right? So, um, Yeah, look, very, very, very much so. You know, it's a couple of El Nino years and, uh, sorry, La Nina years and now uh, an El Nino cycle. So, mm. um, yeah, it's, uh, well, we never really know what's coming. Yeah, no, we don't. Um, but uh, so in general, you've got, have you got fruit set yet over in the car? We've got, uh, we've got flowering. Uh, the Chardonnay, mm-hmm. uh, Chardonnay uh, got going the other day and... Um, uh, yeah, just waiting on the other, you know, Shiraz and uh, Cabernet aren't going to be too far away. So hmm. that's that's good. Um, now I, I I get it that you'll uh, you've, you've got some distractions happening there, but doesn't matter. We'll roll with whatever. Um, so, <laughs> so um, but getting, uh, out of, getting out of a cab because there's no way I can shut these two. Up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we take the keys with you. Um, <laughs> I've got them in my hand. <laughs> Um, now the uh, the McLaren wa- uh, Vale wine show was on recently, and um, as in the uh, you know tasting and awards, um, and you guys did pretty well. You uh, ended up the Bushing King, and uh, so is it Bushing King and Queen this year, or what? Yeah, well, uh, Tom uh, Tom Harvey was a Bushing King, and Renee Hirsch um, was a Bushing Queen. So uh, that's second time uh, we've been able to. We've had award in a couple of years, which is really nice. But yeah. it's, um, look, I think uh, with the Tempranillo Grenache, uh, Tempranillo was from the vineyard down at Wollonga, and uh, the Grenache was from two vineyards up around Blue Springs. So a much, um, probably not a traditional McLaren Vale, um, you know, style, but yeah. the lighter, more perfumed you know, Grenache and Tempranillo is is very popular, and um, as particularly popular at the cellar door where. People were, you know, drink that and, and eat pizza, and uh, it is very much a lifestyle drink at the moment. And we, you know, we know that wine is a fashion, and the fashions do change a little bit. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a very lovely wine. And um, I've got to say, it was a little bit of a surprise, but um, the wines from Crown Valley are just outstanding at the moment. Mm. And they, they always have been, but the new varieties, and, you know, produce making all sorts of different wine styles. Um, and then, look, we're just very fortunate that that wine got up on the day because it was in a lineup of some great reds and whites. Yeah, I can as well. imagine. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and so your uh, your Nero Diavolo um, won won a uh, a trophy as well. 
Yeah, the Nero Davila that uh, that picked up an award or picked up a trophy, yep. and um, you know we also um, you know some of the some of the whites that are, are coming through, uh, you know the Fianos are outstanding at the moment, um, and um, you know lots lots of other new varieties, particularly uh, particularly trying to find um, wines of interest, but also varieties that can handle perhaps a changing climate. You know, there's a lot of talk about it, but. I always say to people when it comes to farming and climate change, wine, viticulture and wine is one of those that is absolute peak because we we write about wine, we taste the grapes, we smell the wine, and it's the subtleties and the nuances that actually does become apparent when you've had a, a hot year or a cold year or a wet year. So, um, you know, we're uh, we we keep trying stuff. We've been doing it for many years and. Uh, you know, there is some exciting stuff or exciting varieties and wines coming through. Yeah, and McLaren, to me, seems like, you know, one of those regions that, that really does try things um, earlier than, than other regions and just, just have a crack, you know? Yeah, you know, Simon, I'd, I'd agree. McLaren Vale would be one of the most innovative, uh, you know, regions, not in Australia, but, you know, in the world. You know, the, the varieties that we're allowed to do, we don't have appellation rules, mm. um, you know, in terms of wine style, not, uh, you know, really respectful of our heritage, but not bound too much by tradition. So uh, it does give us advantages in that respect. And, you know, there's a really good collegiate um, uh, culture down in McLaren Vale where neighbours won't keep secrets. Yeah, um, so you, you share, know, the, share the data in a way. Yeah, like, share, share the data. You know, yeah. I've got a, I'm just here at the moment up at Blue Springs looking at a block of, uh, um, well, there's, there's Montepulciano there, an Italian variety called Grillo, which uh, we've planted. Uh, a friend imported it, and, um, you know, the bloke that's taken most of the fruit from the vineyards actually have been sharing it with his friends so they can all have a bit of a crack and see the particular wine style. And mm. the Grillo that he makes uh, at Lionel Ramble is a lovely earlier pick style. Um, I, I like... Uh, a little bit later pick with a bit more, you know, a bit more skin contact and a bit more mouthfeel. So, you know, but again, he's the sort of bloke that will share, you know, half a ton of fruit with his mates to see mm. what they can do with it. Mm. And yeah, because someone might do something slightly differently and you go, oh, well, I might try that next year, you know, a little bit closer to what he did or she did. Um, yeah, I, I like that. Um, uh, so the... So when you when you would describe Grillo and in the style that you would like to make it, what's it sort of most akin to? Do you reckon? Um, probably, probably the uh, Chalky Fiano, where there is a bit more skin contact and you do have the mouthfeel. And if and if you want to talk the difference between the Vermentino, which is quite lean and mm-hmm. acidic, almost almost in that sort of uh, Grunewaldliner style. Yep. And then you look at the fatter Fiano, um, and it's a little bit more like that uh, Greek Aceritico or Assertico, where, mm. you know, the skins... And I was fortunate enough to travel through Greece and look at some of these varieties. And in these Mediterranean coastal, they actually allow those, you know, those white varieties to get skin contact... Uh, sorry, to get lots of sun exposure. But then when they make the wines, they... They press them gently, and so they're only extracting 500 litres a ton, and they're not, um, and therefore the wines 
do have a mouthfeel, but they don't have that hot phenolic character that you can get, um, you know, when you've when with you a really hot climate. Them, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, and it's, you know, you can have a, you know, for example, with something like Grillo, you can you can make six different styles of wine. You know, um, three are done in the vineyard and three are done in the winery, and uh, and, <laughs> and it does give a lot of a lot of flexibility and um, people will often say I've never liked that and then I'll try one and say actually that's that's delicious and it's made yeah. in a yeah. it's both grown and made in a different way yeah so it's yeah all of a sudden it, it uh, you found an audience so that's the yeah to their um, preference um, that's cool I like it and um, so but you know it does it probably does take a little bit of uh, kind of Introducing and a bit of explaining, you know, for because people go, well, what, what's this all about? Um, we, we were talking about El Barino before, and um, you know, oh, yeah. these varietals, <laughs> you know, you just kind of people get scared of them when they're not known. It's not, it's not a Chardonnay and it's not a Pinot Gris, right? And I think, I think that's a great, a great opportunity to to talk about wine styles, but match them with match them with food as well. Mm, and yeah. uh, you know, I've actually got a real passion for fortified wines. We um, We've been making uh, fortified musket and uh, some uh, fortified Shiraz and a tawny with Grenache. And, and those people tend to have sort of veered away a little bit from the fortifieds. Mm. But now we're seeing people come back and um, particularly with something like musket, they, the nose is familiar and, the, and then the palate and they're like, oh, actually that, that reminds me. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of us would have had grandparents that had the old musket or grapevines you know, on the back fence or, and people's, yeah. people's flavor memories can go back 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years and they, yeah. their eyes light up. So, well, we, yeah, yeah we, they, we were just talking about that with, um, with Marcel Custos, who, um, he did a whole PhD on kind of, you know, experiences and, and, um, you know, the memories and all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So, um, so if you're going back to it, obviously, yes, it has in some ways fallen out of favour just for just for how we would have once used it, we, you know, after at the end of a meal and that sort of thing. How Have you found any new ways for people to, to embrace musket, you know, for instance, in their, in their life? Like what, what, what would you say is, is a sort of innovative way to use it or job to do? Well, you know, one of the reasons we also use make musket is at the distillery we will use musket barrels for whiskey, but that's an aside story. Where we've been showing people how they can enjoy musket, um, if there's a little bit, I'll give you an example where it actually works. If you have a pate and you make the little jelly on top and you use a little mm. bit of musket in the jelly, but then you serve an aperitif of the musket and then the pate with the musket jelly, they the way that they the two marry up in two different ways mm. is actually quite incredible. Wow. And um, I was looking the other day at a musket glazed bacon, and I thought, oh dear, now you're actually talking about proper food matching. <laughs> you know, really simple, really simple, uh, really simple uh, drink and a, and a delicious food as well. So um, I think uh, you know people can be quite innovative, and you know we've got a great food culture. You know, obviously Melbourne, um, you know South Australia. You know, there's there really is some some great food around the place, and you know it's just encouraging that we've got all these little um, little colours on the palette that we can pick and choose from mm. to create new experiences, and and it, it is exciting in that regard. Yeah, and I think people um, who are a bit more adventurous um, will kind of enjoy 
um, showing that to people, you know, to, to friends and who, you know, they might have around and, and kind of reintroducing them to, you know, musket and well, fortifieds in this instance and, and different varietals. Um, and that's that's part of the fun, right? It's, um, well, certainly, because the, the musket vineyard that we've got down here, half of the fruit goes to the Chalkfield Moscato mm-hmm. and the other, half, the other half we leave on for another six weeks until it's, 17 Beaumet and then we make a you know we fortify it so that again shows the uh, the flexibility of you know a particular grape variety in the same way that Grenache can be uh, a rosé a, a light style red a blending component and then a, a, a tawny port so there is varieties have got a lot of flexibility and um, you know still the the leading variety in McLaren Vale and the workhorse that um, has sort of been, sort of not been ignored a little bit, but people have looked looked past Shiraz. It's still, you know, one of the greatest varieties mm. that we, we have in Australia. It makes outstanding, long-lasting wines, and it's probably just been a little bit tarnished because of the, you know, the China tariffs and how both Shiraz and Cabernet, you know, the the components of Penfolds, you know, three eight nine. And that style of wine that the Chinese, you know, love so much, um, because that demand has dropped off. Um, you know, those varieties at the moment are being looked at as slightly unfavourable, but they are still outstanding varieties mm. that make, yeah. you know, make great, you know, make great wines. Yeah, I'll often, um, you know, recommend to someone a um, if they, if they're not wanting the big Barossa Valley Floor Shiraz, but I'll, I'll you know suggest that it's more. You know, McLaren Vale. It's a bit round, more rounded, and it's you know just it's easy to drink it. And but some of them are there's some serious wines. Yeah, and very much so. Look, we also are well aware that those, you know, the big oak bomb uh, Australian mm. Shiraz was driven by, you know, by one wine writer out of the US, and uh, yeah. you know then that's changed. And we've been back into the US, sort of after 15 years, and people are you know sort of astonished at how much, you know, the Australian wine style has it's changed and, yeah. and adapted. So rather than being alcohol and oak, it's about fruit, it's about geology, terroir, and, mm-hmm. you know, much more much more sensitive, uh, uh, much more sensitive to the landscape, I think. And, and that's been, uh, it's been a tough lesson, but it's also been a, a really enjoyable one, actually. Mm. People are Well, it's interesting that you, you, you're getting back there because when, when we first met, um, you were kind of really it was you were focused on export weren't you rather than these days you've got the cellar door up on the hill it's fantastic giant and um and you're more you're focused uh in well, the focus is on australia as well now yeah very much so look um export markets you know can can be great and they do ebb and flow a little bit you know depending on economies and and how and also the political landscape mm. i mean it's Chalkfield's biggest export markets were China and Russia, and uh, and both of those are now come, you know, locked out and have been for a couple of years. Mm. But um, the domestic market is is a great one because a lot of them are, you know, people that have visited the cellar door or, you know, restaurants that we've, you know, supported and and people that you have a personal relationship with. So uh, it it is really good to to interact, and you know, you've been up to the cellar door, so you've seen the number of you know interesting wines and uh, it's a it is a very relaxed way to you know enjoy you know food wine and conversation mm. 
Mm, totally, totally. Um, hey, uh, we've we've had a question text in um, from one of our listeners uh, and talking about the the different vineyards that that you've got access to, um, and and do you notice like a substantial um, uh, variation between this sort of that sub-regional kind of um, environment around in the vineyards? You know, do you, do you notice this block is so much different to that block for whatever the reasons are? Oh, very much so. Simon, I'm standing up here in Blewett Springs on the top of the hill and it, it's about uh, eight miles to the coast and there's an old rule in the Clarenvale, you know, every mile from the coast is another week later ripening. Right. So we're in an elevated, cooler, cooler spot Yep. People, people might also think that if you're right on the coast, you're the first. But actually, the um, maritime influence has such an impact that it's actually the valley floor that is the first to, first to get picked, mm. and um, and certainly the the soil changes dramatically. You know, we've we've done an extensive geology map of McLaren Vale, and we're um, we're in a situation where we have elevation, we have geology and soil types and again i spoke about that palette of colors these little vineyards that pockets and even just one aspect of the side of the property is in completely different to the western side yeah, right. so yeah and it, and it does allow us to do all sorts of interesting things and then and it, the, i suppose the trick is getting to know it right um and and having that viticultural um focus on on what is this doing? And, and over time, you know, this se- this season is similar to, you know, whatever it was back in the, you know, however many years ago that it was showing the same. And this is how we found the fruit, um, you know, changed. And, and this block will, this year will, um, will ripen quicker or later or whatever. Um, so you're just kind of aware of all of that a bit more. Yeah. And, we, you know, we'll also overlay you know different different seasonal factors on it and uh, and then the challenge once you have all these different variables is to you know create a wine that's uh, you know somewhat similar to the year before so there's mm. not a dramatic style yeah, right. cuz so, yeah, people yeah. Are sort of are following that brand because they know what they're getting so you can't be you know they they're sort of in a way they've had it before so they're trusting it again well that's exactly right I and mean, you know it's a uh, the bigger the tank, the easier it is to to make it more consistent. You know, you see great great Australian wines like you know Jacobs Creek that can, is consistent year in year out. Mm. When you have a when you have a smaller single vineyard uh, wine, um, you know the variation between the seasons um, should be fascinating, very, very but shouldn't be disappointing. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's a really good way to say it, actually. Um, Hey, we've we've spoken in the past about your um, project of, of planting trees. Is that is that still happening? And um, can you give us an update on it? Yeah, so biodiversity McLaren Vale was um, the culmination. Uh, Jeff Hayter and I co-founded that um, a bit over ten years ago now. Mm. And yeah, I can't remember the count of how many trees are in the ground now, but we it's now grown to the stage where we have a project officer. And we have a couple of hundred members, and we have about eighty people come out first Sunday of every month for tree planting through the through the winter mm. months, and uh, and they're killing the woody weeds in the in the summer months and doing site preparation. And um, it, we also now have uh, biodiversity Adelaide Hills, and 
Biodiversity Victor Harbour's just started up as well. I oh, spoke to one of my industry colleagues up in the Hunter Valley and uh, Liz Riley, and she was she was working to get a Hunter Valley Biodiversity Project up and running as well. So uh, we had a and also had a bit of a quantum leak when we had a couple of um, a couple of bushfires, one on Kangaroo Island and one in Adelaide Hills, and um, and what it is, it's a vehicle where where people can create change and when people get anxious or upset or frustrated you know about environment or climate or or whatever when you have a vehicle created it um, makes it a lot easier and people's people's anxiety about the environment actually diminishes quite a bit because they can see what they've done and uh, and they're great we have two hour working days or mm-hmm. field days mm-hmm. um, and then finish it off with a barbecue and a couple of glasses of wine, and it's uh, and it's quite social as well. Uh, I think our oldest member is eighty four, and our youngest is probably two. So wow. there's, yeah. there's quite a quite a gap or quite a range. Yes. Um, and how how do people get involved if they want to? Like obviously, uh, you know, if you're yeah. in Melbourne, it's more difficult possibly, but um, you could still go over for um for the first you know you know for yeah, a weekend. Yeah, very much. Yeah, but uh, so. There's a Facebook and Instagram and a website. So biodiversity McLaren Vale, and uh, people can jump on and see the work that's been done. And uh, you know, they just support through social media is also you know quite an important vehicle. Mm. Um, what this also does is helps underpin the Sustainable Wine Growing Australia program because one of the chapters in that is biodiversity. So rather than just you know creek lines and you know the scrub we work on. We're also doing, um, you know, roadside plantings for, you know, beneficial insects for oh, yeah, uh, that yeah. can control pests in the vineyard. So this is a bit of a test for you, but it's something you might be aware of. Do you remember 30 years ago you'd drive around and your windscreens would all, always be, you know, insects cracking into the windscreens? Yeah. 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 And, um, and the number of insects that actually hit your windscreens now has diminished. So that's a function of you know, the urban environment and, you know, more cars on the road, but also a function of the actual insect population um, is actually dropping significantly and we actually have to create habitat for insects, which people might think, well, that's not really important. But if um, if you've got habitat for insects and those insects can feed on the light brown apple moth, I mean, you don't have to spray your vineyard. It's yeah. a great result. Oh, absolutely, just, yeah. Just working hand-in-hand hand with nature um and they'll they'll do the work for you which is which is great all you need to do is plant or maintain um, habitat and <laughs> yeah. uh, and it'll work with itself and that's a, yeah, but again thing, yeah. Yeah, it's taking a much uh, much softer and quieter approach to farming than um than simply just using uh you know chemicals so yeah yeah totally um and and we seem to be heading that way a lot more you know healthier plants Better, better grapes, you know, and also better for the environment. Um, Jock, thank you, mate. Um, it's always fascinating chatting to you because you've, uh, yeah, you just... No, any time, mate. And if uh, any of your listeners uh, want to come across to McLaren Vale and just say that they, they listen to Simon Nash on a Sunday morning and, <laughs> and also uh, jump on, have a look at Biodiversity McLaren Vale to some of the work we're doing. And, yeah. You know, um, uh, we... Uh, we love talking wine and environment and projects and uh, 
Get over to Chalk Hill. Say good day to Jock. That's what I'd say. <laughs> good on you, mate. Thank, Thank you. you mate. Have, have, a, have a great Sunday. Get back to the uh, tractor race. <laughs> <laughs> I will indeed. Thank Thanks, you. Bye. See you, mate. Bye. Bye. Bye.